today, um, we've got a lot of information that we want to convey to you guys during the first part of the service. Um, if I could get Luke and Jake to go to the back um, and grab those bylaws. You don't have to pass them out just yet. If you can go ahead and split those up between the two of you, and then when I ask you to pass those out. Um, today is probably as close to a business meeting as we'll ever get to here at Sovereign Hope. Um, we'll try to follow the Robert's Rules of Order for what we do today. If anybody even knows what the Robert's Rules of Order is. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of planning. Y'all can go ahead and take a seat because it's going to be a few minutes. I just wanted y'all to be ready. Actually, I asked you to go get those early, and then I covered it by saying, we'll pass them out in a little bit. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of planning, a lot of thinking, a lot of praying as we transitioned into this new calendar year about what's best for our church moving forward. Um, we've been meeting here at the park for a while now, and we've been able to kind of learn and grow and figure out what's working and what's not working, and kind of taking that back, me, Adam, um, Tyson and Ben, and just spent some time talking and talking with others in the church, trying to figure out the best for our church moving forward in several different areas. Um, and so I'm going to kind of walk through some of those today. We're podcasting it for those that can't be here so that they can stay up to date because there are a lot of changes potentially that are happening, and that affects a lot of people in different ways. Uh, the big change that we kind of start off with is our Sunday schedule. And obviously you walk in. And you see the structure that's been built by Tyson and Ben in the back. And so that definitely communicates that something different is going on. Um, and and that's, that difference is what's happening with our um, schedule and how we break things up on a Sunday morning. We have talked a lot about what our purpose is for the 10 o'clock portion of the service, what our purpose is for the 11 o'clock portion of the service, making sure we understand what the purpose is. And then making sure that we're structuring it to fulfill that purpose as best as possible. So, briefly, what we've come up with for the focus of this 10 o'clock time frame is that we want it to be a corporate worship environment for our covenant members. Okay, That's a fancy way of saying that we want the families that are members of this church to be able to worship together from 10 o'clock to 1045. Um, you guys know that during this time, we, we specifically uh, try to focus on different opportunities of prayer, whether it's praying for the persecuted church, praying for individual missionary families that we're supporting. We usually incorporate some type of prayer into this time. We also um, use this time as an opportunity for the Lord's Supper. This is a time where we want to uh, participate in that together. We believe that the Lord's Supper was instituted for believers, and so... You know, we've encouraged you guys, if, if you're inviting visitors and you feel like they're comfortable during the 10 o'clock time, invite them to come for the whole thing. But we've separated it to where we can invite visitors to come at 11 o'clock so that they aren't broken up into prayer groups or discussion groups and have to be feeling awkward in a new environment. So we've put the Lord's Supper during this time because we feel like it's something for believers. And as you've noticed, when we do commit time to singing, that the majority of the singing takes place during this first hour. Um, so corporate worship for the, for the members of this church. Um, the big change that's happening is that we're not going to do any type of child care during this time. Currently, the kids right now are doing the teaching time right now. They're doing their lesson. 
The babies are in here. And then we flip it in the second hour of the service. The kids come back out and then the babies go into that room for the nursery. The current change would have no child care offered during this time. Some reasons that we feel like this is a better format for the 10 o'clock service is that we want the kids to be involved in the activities that I just talked to you about. We want kids to see their moms and their dads singing praise and worship back to God as an attitude and a, um, an act of worship. We want, to see the mom, we want the kids to see their moms and dads partake in the Lord's Supper as an act of worship and know that they're not doing that. And give teaching opportunity to the parents to say, this is why you're not doing the Lord's Supper. You haven't accepted Christ as your Savior. This is for believers. And have opportunities to share the gospel in context of what we're doing here at church on a Sunday. Uh, We want um, kids to have the opportunity to see their parents praying. um, And be involved in that as well. We want kids who are saved to be able to participate in the Lord's Supper. Because right now, what we're communicating is, is that if you go to that room, you don't get to partake of the Lord's Supper. And that's, that's a fault of ours. That's something that we want to put into the decision-making for a parent. You know, so that if, you know, if Ben and Andrea want to continue talking with Luke about the Lord's Supper, and they reach a point where they say, okay, we're ready for Luke to partake of the Lord's Supper... We want that to be an opportunity for them to do that together during this 10 o'clock time. So that's one of the reasons that we feel like this is going to work better. Secondly, we feel like the atmosphere typically is more casual the majority of the time. And so it allows for kids to adapt to big church without being a burden or distraction, really. It's okay for kids to cry. It's okay for kids to get fussy. It's okay for a parent to have to stand up with their kid right now and and, and deal with that and, and adjust to that. It's okay for... Um, the kids to be in here during this time, and if they need to color or they need to play, it usually is not going to disrupt too much what we're doing. Now, obviously, there's times of more seriousness when we're doing the Lord's Supper to where, um, you know, we would want to, you know, try to focus in as much as possible. But overall, it provides a more relaxed atmosphere. Parents and kids are able to worship together. And so we feel like it offers a better situation. So... That means the 11 o'clock service is a little bit different. We feel like the 11 o'clock service is a time that we want to focus specifically on biblical teaching for all ages. So we want the 11 o'clock time frame to be a time where we're teaching the word and all ages are feasting on that word in an appropriate way. Childcare during this time is now going to be where a nursery is offered for newborns to three-year-olds, and then a children's Bible study time offered for three-year-olds up to third grade. That's pretty consistent with what it was like at Mount Gilead. Um, There's a little bit of difference there in the sense that the two people that it would affect, I guess, right now would be Noah and Connor. They're the only two that wouldn't be in there. And if you know Noah and Connor well enough, I mean, they... When I was at Mount Gilead, Noah was listening and picking up on a lot of the stuff that we were doing when I was teaching at Mount Gilead. So we feel like once, you know, once they get to the third, fourth grade level, we're really hoping that they can transition into this time and begin to grow up on the word and not have to rely on a lesson that's being structured for three-year-olds up to what right now would be like fifth grade. And that's, that's a hard gap to teach the Bible to and somebody not be 
missing out on something. Now, obviously, there's still a big gap between an adult and a fifth grader, but what we're hoping is that as they move from there into here, they start to pick up on some of the things, maybe not all the things. Like, I don't expect Noah or Connor to be able to rattle off, you know, everything that we talked about that morning, but hopefully as they're maturing into what's almost middle school at that point, that even dads can have the opportunity to, to take the sermon from a Sunday, use that as a teaching opportunity at home, and say, hey, buddy, let's go, let's go talk. With, you know, we're hanging out today. We're going out to eat for breakfast or whatever. Let's talk about what, you know, Adam talked about on Sunday and use that again as a teaching opportunity. Um, so the nursery, the way we've kind of set it up right now, we've asked uh, Ben and Tyson to build as best we can a structure to give us a second room, and that's what we've got in the back right now. We've got overflow area into the kitchen for, you know, a kid, a baby that's just crying uncontrollably. We can either take them outside or during January, February, March, when it gets a little bit cold at times, you know, potentially taking them into the uh, kitchen. It also provides a place for nursing mothers to be able to move right into there and, and do that in the kitchen as well. Um, and having the kids in the normal room for the teaching time during the second hour of the service. Um, some reasons we feel like this is better. One, we feel this allows for the maximum amount of adults to hear the word each week with the least amount of burdens or distractions in the service. Okay? But we want, and this has been our goal all along, but we feel like how we were doing it before wasn't really accomplishing the goal the way we wanted to. We want the maximum amount of you guys in this service on any given Sunday. The maximum amount of adults with the least amount of burdens and distractions on the parents. Okay? And what we've recognized is that some kids do really good at even a really early age sitting and being in here. But we also recognize that as we continue to grow, kids are different. And so we can't necessarily expect every kid to be just like we need them to be, to be quiet for 50 minutes to an hour. And so that's part of the reason for looking at changing the structure a little bit, is that we're hoping this allows for kids to be who they are without us expecting more than we should out of them, potentially. So we're saying, hey, if you're fourth, fifth, sixth grade, then we want you in here. We feel like you can sit and listen and learn from what we're doing. Um, what this does for workers during the second hour, we're anticipating having three people in the nursery each week, which the way we've got it structured right now, that means that a nursery worker would miss the service once every six weeks. They'll be here for the 10 o'clock portion, but for the teaching time, they'll miss it one every six weeks, which is what it really is currently now, except for Trish, Tiffany, Andrea, and somebody else. I forget who. Y'all were doing it once a month, right? Yeah. Mm, I don't think so because Jim was teaching during this. Was it Anna? So there was four that would do it once a month. And then everybody else was once every six weeks. This new schedule is going to allow it to be everyone who's on the nursery list does it once every six weeks with, and just so you know, that's not our goal. Our goal is to get it to where you only have to do it once every 12 weeks. Um, not everybody on the church right now is on the nursery list. What we've done is we've taken a mature lady, a younger lady, and a male and grouped them into groups of three. Typically that male is 
either the husband or significant other of the younger or older lady. So like Jason and Trish, do you know who your younger girl is with you? Rachel. So Jason and Trish and Rachel are a group of three, so they would be in the nursery together. This allows us to have more nursery workers because previously we couldn't use Jason in the nursery because Jason had to be in here with Daniel and with Anna, okay, specifically. You know, Noah can sit with Connor, but um, we needed one of the parents to be in here to watch the kids. Having the kids teaching time during this time allows us to have more nursery workers, okay? So we've got Jason, Trish, and Rachel. So the groups are based like that. We want to pair a younger woman and an older woman together. Just for relationship building, serving together, and then a male figure. Now, right now, we don't have to have, we don't have to have three, do what? Uh, yeah. Titus uses it. Titus too uses it. I mean, I'm just saying. And when I say older, I mean older spiritually. Spiritually older. Spiritually older. That's what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> um, Currently, we don't need three people in the nursery. Okay, we've got two people that are eligible to be in the nursery right now. Logan and uh, Jack. Okay, Sarah's got a baby on the way. Lauren's got a baby on the way, which is going to make four. So at that point, we would need three in there. We also need three in there because, you know, me and Jenna talked before. She's got several uh, friends in the area, may or may not be saved, that have kids. She doesn't feel comfortable inviting them to our church right now because there's not sufficient help in the nursery. So we want three people back there so that we can feel good that if a visiting family walks in, hey, stick them in the nursery. we got plenty of workers back there. What it also allows is for people who aren't used to doing the nursery to use this time to get used to doing the nursery so that when we do need you in the nursery to actually do things, that you're there, capable, ready, and used to it. Okay? Um, so three workers in the nursery. We're, we're transitioning to only one teacher in the teaching class. Right now, Lauren and Jen teach and Luke and Melissa. We're now transitioning to one teacher in the teaching time. Um, it's going to be less kids. Connor and Noah come out. Um, we also feel like that Melissa teaches by herself in a classroom with way more kids than what we're talking about being in our children's time. How many do you have in your classroom? 18. How, what grade? Second. Okay. So it, it's not uncommon to have one teacher with, with the amount of kids that we're talking about. Um, we've also got extra help in the nursery. If there's kids that need to go to the bathroom, then we can get females from the nursery to help out and assist with that. What it also does is it allows, um, it allows us to start taking men. And there's, here's who's going to be teaching in that teaching time. Tyson, Ben, Adam. And Jake and Luke have agreed to co-teach a week. So they're going to miss once every month. Here's the goal for that time. The goal for that time is for us to take men who come to us and say, I'm interested in being an elder. I'm interested in, in becoming an elder of Sovereign Hope. Well, the big difference between deacon and elder is what? The teaching aspect. So if we are going to identify men and train them to be elders in this church then we want to give them regular opportunities to teach. We don't want to diminish how important it is to teach kids in this church. It, the responsibilities for being a teacher do not start when a kid reaches a certain age. I mean, you're passing along biblical gospel truth to kids. There's a great responsibility for doing that. 
And so we feel like this gives us an opportunity to take men who say, hey, I want to be an elder and give them teaching opportunities to develop that skill, to develop that ability on a regular basis. Now, Luke and Jake don't need to freak out and think that we just drafted them into a elder training thing. Those guys have not expressed a desire. We didn't want Ben, Adam, and Tyson to have to be the only ones, and we wanted to get it on a, on a month rotation. So as more men are raised up by God, that's the goal is to put them in. We're operating a little bit off of what we would like to based on our numbers and availability right now. Um, we also like the fact that it gives us visible male leadership to the kids, that they begin to develop relationships with men in the church and get to establish a relationship with men that are going to either eventually be or are already elders in this church. And so it connects them with pastors in this church and allows them to build that relationship. Yeah, only men will be teaching in there. But like I said, we've got the women in the nursery. If there's any issues like Maggie says, I got to go to the bathroom. Jay, uh, Tyson doesn't have to take her you know, to the bathroom. Um, so um, we also feel this allows for the most beneficial setting for visiting families because it gives us a for lack of a better term, children's church option for families that are maybe used to having something for a younger kid. I mean, because it would be tough. Let's say you've never been to Sovereign Hope before. You come in with a three-year-old or a four-year-old, and we say, hey, actually, your four-year-old has to stay in here. Now, we've been faithful to say that we don't want to design our, our services on Sunday morning for visitors, okay? What we do on a Sunday morning is, is designed for the equipping and the upbuilding and the encouragement of you guys. But we also don't want to avoid visitors either. We don't want a family to come in and say, oh, this is way too different. I can't be here because my kid's not used to this type of format. So we don't want to structure it for visitors. We don't want to do things that attracts visitors. But we also don't want to avoid visitors either. We don't want a visitor to come in and say, wow, y'all structured this to where I just can't come to your church. Uh, so that's a couple of reasons that we think that this works better as well. Questions about, oh, the teaching time is also changing what we teach. Okay, right now, Lauren and Jen and Melissa have been working through a children's curriculum book. Another way that we are hoping to enhance and grow our potential elders into being elders is that they are going to have to write lessons based on the verses that I'm teaching. So your kids will go through whatever book of the Bible we're going through, and the elder candidate or whatever that's teaching for that day will have the responsibility of taking 1 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 4, and figuring out what's the best way to teach these verses to a child, to a three-year-old, to a third grader. So what it does is giving them practical opportunities to say, I've got to develop a, a teaching lesson. Like I have to take a verse of Scripture and teach it to someone. Um, and, and that's hopefully something that will allow them to become more comfortable with the idea of doing that in front of you guys. You know, if I'm out of town, me being able to call on one of these guys and say, hey, can you fill in for me? I'm not going to be here on such and such. Yeah, I'm used to doing that. I'm used to taking a verse that we're, we're studying and teaching it to someone else. Questions about the new format and what that looks like and... Or if you're totally thinking of something that we haven't thought of about why this isn't going to work, then Robert's Rules of Order says you can speak now. 
We're hoping that all four of them would see that passage differently to a degree and be able to come up with potentially four different lessons if need be. If not, then they would just do an independent lesson for that day. Jessica asked, what if I spend, you know, four or five weeks on the same verse? You know, is there that much material for a kid there? We'll go as long as we can and then just do independent lessons if we couldn't come up with anything else. We're also going to set it up to where the nursery schedule comes out and then these guys sign up to teach based off of when their wives are in the nursery so that it allows for husbands and wives to be in the service the maximum amount of time as possible as well. Any other thoughts on this schedule? Um. The goal is to have just elders doing it. Um, so right now my goal would be to be able to not have to have Luke and Jake serve in that capacity unless they get to the point where they feel led to pursue being an elder because we just want elders. I'm okay with it being just a four-week rotation because what we said was as an elder, what we're hopefully saying is that as an elder, you're one of the more spiritually mature people in this church. So we're okay with you having to miss once every month because of your spiritual maturity. We would rather you have to miss than someone else who's still growing in their faith. And as an elder who's having to teach what I'm teaching, they're missing my teaching, but they're still in that verse for that Sunday because they had to study and they had to teach it. So it's not like... Alright, I'm you know missing because I have to watch kids. It's I'm missing what Adam's saying about this verse, but we've already talked. I know what direction Adam's going in. I'm studying it on my own and I'm teaching it so they didn't miss those verses. So we're okay with a shorter rotation because of the what we're talking about. So the goal that I wrote down was that we would just be using elders and not having to supplement it with other people who don't necessarily feel like that's what supposed to be doing. Any other questions? I guess like, I was just saying, or ask, would it be okay to have a teacher like, Right, yeah. You know, that's a good reason to clarify what I'm saying. We want Melissa on the nursery list and we don't want her on both with us. Like, we want, because of, because of the amount of kids that we have and the amount of, a, like, responsible adults as far as what visitors, you know, I'm okay with Margaret, you know, being in the nursery. If, if my child's back there, I'm okay with Margaret being on the list. I don't know if a visitor wants to walk in and see Margaret with the age that she is being back there and saying, hey, drop your kids off with Margaret. So, we're, you know, we're limited in the amount of people that we can put on the nursery. And so we put so many people on the nursery list to get it to a once every six weeks thing. That's why we went in the direction of, okay, let's use guys who we might would not use in the nursery to teach. Because, yeah, I mean, we would love Melissa and Lauren to be in there because that's what they do. But we need them more on the nursery list right now. So if we got to the point, yeah, where we 
grew it where we didn't have a nursery list issue, then yeah, we might would look at moving gifted teachers into that direction as well. Right, yeah, yeah. Any other thoughts or questions? I mean, the, the only real issue with this is the sound factor for the babies during the second hour. I mean, if everything's going fine, Jack's doing what he's doing right now, eating Cheerios, and we're able to teach and operate, and there's no issue. If Jack's screaming at the top of his lungs, you know, hopefully we've got the option to take him outside like we've done in the past. We've got the option to put him in the um, kitchen area where there's a brick or a block wall to kind of cut some of that noise. That's really the only issue we see as to whether this will work effectively or not. Um, but again, it's trading the distraction of kids who are making some noise but are being watched. So, a, you know, a parent can at least say, you know, my kid's being taken care of as opposed to parents having to manage their kids while trying to listen to the teaching time. So it's not the absolute best solution, but we do feel like it's a step in a maybe a better solution. And, and you know, my desire all along is I, as I want Anna and Daniel to be learning what we're learning. And that's why, I, you know, from the beginning, I was like, I really want them to try to get used to being in here. But I don't feel like we have as much drop off because they're going to still be learning the same verses. They're still going to be learning what we're learning, just more structured for their level. They're still going to memorize verses like they've been doing. A lot of the same format will be used. The teaching material will just actually be shifted. Any questions or thoughts on that? Or anything that you want to throw to us to think about more? And this isn't, you know, necessarily set in stone. I mean, we're going to try this and, and see... What issues come up? One way that you can help us is to be praying and keeping your eyes open for other meeting options. Um, you know, we'd love to to get into a better situation if possible that allows us a little bit more space for kids. Because, I mean, as we grow, we're going to need more space for nursery and for teaching time for the kids. And so we're trying to keep our eyes open. God's been very good to us in that there's only... Five or six out of 52 weeks in 2012 that we can't be here. So, I mean, we are we're set up to be here for as long as we want to be with very little interruption to our normal schedule like we were experiencing at the end of 2011. So, that's a real positive. As far as that goes, it's uh, where if we could find a new place, we could just Yeah, we can get out. We have to give them a two-week notice and we lose our deposit money maybe. But probably not. If we give them a two-week notice, we don't. So, no. Two weeks and we could be out and be done. Which is another God's grace that we don't have to sign a contract. Every time we inquire about it, the plan is to tear it down and we can't get anybody to budge on talking to us about letting us use it. Nobody's tearing it down though, so I don't I mean I don't <laughs> I don't see it being torn down this year, so I don't know why we can't use it, but Thankfully, we're not in a situation where we absolutely needed it. I mean, we can. I think this is going to work good for at least the time being. And it's possible too, like the kids are being in the nursery. They're not still here with 
Yeah, I mean, if the kids are being really good, then nursery workers are still going to be able to pick up on some of what we're doing in here, um, you know, based on how the kids are acting that day. We do want to ask, and you guys did it today, we're only going to set up four tables based on space now because of losing that space there. We want to allow those tables to be for families. So if you can let the families use those tables, that'll be a big help. Everybody good on that? Are all questions are answered? Everybody feels? And you can still send questions to me this week if you think of them after talking with your spouse. All right. Um, small groups. Real quick, we'll talk about this, and then we'll get the bylaws out to you, and I'll share a couple things about that. Small groups. We, um, we've talked a lot about small groups. Um, we talked about what worked and didn't work at Mount Gilead. Um, we're looking at doing something different than most people do with their small groups. And I'm excited about it because I think it's going to accomplish what we want small groups to accomplish without bringing all the frustration that comes sometimes with small groups. Issues that usually come with small group is trying to figure out a day to meet and what to do with kids during that time. And... I think we've done a pretty good job of solving both with what we're talking about doing with small groups. The focus, and that's kind of where we're starting, we've we've talked about the focus for each time that we meet and making sure that we know the focus so that we can then structure how we're going to do it to make sure that focus is met. And you may have seen this already on the um, website. We've got three things that we want our small groups to accomplish. We want it to be a place of connection, a place of community, and a place of compassion. Connection, community, and compassion. And I usually don't like to do the whole three C's. We're calling them C groups, which I'm not thrilled with. But we just want the focus and the purpose for you guys to know it. And so instead of coming up with some hip, cool name, um, we figured let's just tell you what they're about. And you call them whatever you want to to your visitors, to your friends. You don't have to say, come to C group with me. Um, So connection, community, compassion. By those three words, we mean we want it to be a place where visitors, people that you know, can connect with people from our church. We want it to be a place of community where you're building relationships with other people in this church. And a place of compassion where when we do mission projects or service projects, we use these groups as just a natural way to divide our church up. When we start doing mission-type stuff in Sonoy, Griffin, and other areas... um, then this will allow our church to already be divided up into groups for those purposes. Now, um, the meeting time, and here's where it gets different. Our small groups are only going to meet once a month. Once a month, that's it. It's not a set day. It's not a set time. That's determined by the group that you're in. Now, you can meet more than that, but there's going to be one scheduled group activity. It's not going to be a Bible study. It's not going to be a Bible lesson. It's going to be one group activity. So Ben's group, maybe they decide, hey, for our our small group activity this month, we're going to go bowling. And we're going to schedule that for Friday, whatever, at this time. Anybody that can, that's when our small group's meeting this month. All right, so we're going to meet one time a month. We are going to um, meet throughout the month. As members of your small group. And here's, here's why it's so different. Okay? 
Jason and Trish will be in a C group. Okay, they'll they'll be assigned to a C group. They'll they'll have the option to come to the one month meeting where the whole group gets together. But for the rest of the time during that month, we're going to encourage you to spend time with people in your small group when it works for your schedule and when it works for your budget and when it works for your interests. Okay, so instead of saying, Jason, Trish, we want you guys to come every Thursday night at 5 o'clock to Ben's house. And that's when your small group's going to be. Instead, we're going to say, Jason, Trish, we're going to put you in a small group. If you can, we'd love for you to be at the one month of time. The one month time when y'all get together. But what we would like for you guys to do is to see who's in your small group and as best you can, as it works for your schedule, spend time with people in your small group. Okay, so let's say Jason and Trish are in the same group as uh, Jesse and Cortland. Instead of saying, we want y'all to spend time together every Thursday at 5 o'clock at Ben's house, we're going to say, Jason and Trish, we'd love for y'all to invest in Jesse and Cortland. So if y'all can have them over to your house whenever it works good for y'all's schedule, then, then have them over to your house. But it works the same for Jesse and Cortland. Hey, we're going we're gonna to ask Jason and Trish to go out to eat with us on Friday night and spend time with them because they're in our C group. So you're going to actually schedule when your small group meets. And it's not going to be meeting with everybody. It's going to be just trying to target different people in your group throughout the month. And you do things that you enjoy doing. And in that, you know, originally we said we want our small groups to be about talking about the sermons on Sunday. In that, if, if Corley and Jesse are over at Jason and Trisha's house, you know, the kids are playing, they can talk about applying the sermons that they're hearing on Sunday, and we don't really need child care. We don't need child care for that. I mean, it happens so often. Couples go over to other couples' houses, and they eat, and they have really good conversation at the table, and nobody thought about, what are we going to do about child care tonight? I mean, it's just a non-issue. People can go over to each other's houses and the kids can play. And really good conversation can happen at the dinner table. And nobody had to structure child care. Because we're not asking all the kids in the small group to come together at one time. But we're also holding you guys in a mature status by saying, we're expecting you to be mature enough to hang out with people without us telling you to. We're not going to tell you you have to do this at Thursdays at 5 o'clock. We think that by doing it this way, we eliminate the child care issue, but we still keep the community aspect. Because you guys are going to be spending time together regularly throughout the month, but just in a really smaller setting. We also think this allows for us to continue to emphasize same-gender discipleship, which was what we want to be the most important scheduled event during your week. See, we don't want to try to do discipleship and small groups and make you feel like you got to pick which one's best. I mean, not many of us could say, okay, I can do small group on Thursday night and then I'll do discipleship with someone on Tuesday night. Most of us just don't have that kind of flexible schedule. So if we're letting you pick when you meet with your small group, we're still able to emphasize Will, we want you discipling people. We want you scheduling that type of thing regularly. So for me, I'm going to be meeting with people, with a couple of guys, on Wednesdays at 5 o'clock. But what that does is it keeps me from having to tell Lauren, don't forget tomorrow we got to go to small group as well. It allows us to factor that into our schedule when it's good for us. Um, questions about that?
The small groups will be set up. Is that what you're gonna ask? Small groups are gonna be set up based on who desires to be members of the church. Like once we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. Once we get to that point, we'll say, okay, everybody here has become a member of Sovereign Hope. Let's put these people into small groups. Doesn't mean that you can't be in a C group if you're not a member, but we're gonna divide them up based on who are members. And then if someone comes and visits or someone who's just here that hasn't reached the point of wanting to be a member, we would just kind of plug in after we've divided the members up. So that's kind of the plan there. And we want a mix of more mature people and younger people, both age-wise and spiritually-wise, because we would like to see discipleship kind of spring out of these groups. doesn't mean that you can only be discipled by your small group leader. But it may allow for natural discipleship relationships to spring up within the group. Any thoughts or questions about that? I mean, that's different than normal small groups. But I've talked with people, or Ben's talked with people that went to Four Corners, Alex Early's church, which is similar in what they're wanting to accomplish. They're trying to do small groups, and they can't figure out the the child care issue and the scheduling issue. Ryan and Cindy at uh, Ecclesia have yet to figure out the child care and the scheduling issue. So everybody admits small groups are important, but nobody can figure out the scheduling issues of getting everybody into a group that works for their schedule or the child care. We think this is going to allow us to accomplish what we want small groups to accomplish, and we never have to address the scheduling issue or the child care issue. And hopefully it allows people to not feel left out, because some of you are going to naturally hang out with each other. We're not, I'll tell you right now, Topi and Jesse aren't going to be in the same small group. They're going to hang out without us putting them in a small group. Okay? So you're going to naturally hang out with people in this church, but there's some people that you wouldn't naturally hang out with, that because they're in your small group, we're hoping that will make you in your mind say, I need to intentionally hang out with so-and-so. I wouldn't normally, but because they're in my small group, like our pastors don't normally connect. But they're in my small group, and I want to build a relationship with them, and it makes it more manageable. Instead of us saying, get to know everybody in the church, it's get to know this handful of people really, really well. (laughs) And and what's cool about this is we don't have to stay with these same groups forever. You know, we we can switch them up if we wanted to every year so that you are interacting with different people. It doesn't build too much structure to where we couldn't switch it around to kind of... Like you said, keep it from being clicks. Any other thoughts or questions about small groups? Yep. Good. After, um, after we know who's going to be members, and we'll talk about that in just a second. How that looks. So uh, we're factoring that in. So like, and the, the official leaders, not that there's like a whole lot of leading that will happen. They'll just be more of an administration type thing by these leaders will be me, Tyson, Adam, and Ben. And that is also for a regional purpose as well, because they're, you know, you got Chris and Jordan naturally that live towards Adam. Um, you got Tyson and Ben who are actually going to co-lead one right now based on the numbers we don't need four. So they'll co-lead one, and then me and Lauren will lead one. It's not going to be picture perfect as far as, you know, you might be in a Sonoy 
You might be in Ben and Tyson's even though you live in Griffin. Um, but we're trying to do our best to keep it to where it's not a huge burden to. But like you know, you're not going to have to drive to Sonoy even if you're in Ben and Tyson's unless you're just going to their house on a Friday night to hang out. Everybody good on that? And that information is on the website. You may just not have clicked on it. We've, we've explained some of that. All right, let's pass out the bylaws real quick. And I'm going to highlight a couple of things. Let you take these home and read them. We've got the leadership portion, which we already gave you. We've got the membership portion, which you've seen some of the information, but not everything. And then we've got the financial portion. I'll highlight a couple of things. And then we'll take a break. We'll teach. You guys can take these home and we'll discuss them next week. We should have enough copies for everybody. We have extra copies, give them to Ben. Because I want to get hard copies in the hands of people that aren't here. Everybody got one? Can I get one? These are, again, these aren't normal bylaws. And we've basically tried to include every important document that our church has right now in this. So that's why you've got the whole list of appendices here. It's got our statement of faith, our vision, our core values. We have already showed you the member covenant, but we've also come up now with an elder covenant, things that elders will be asked to commit to in becoming an elder so you can see the responsibilities that an elder has towards you as a member. We've got our current church budget and then a benevolent request form that goes along with the benevolence thing. I'll explain that in just a second. A couple of highlights real quick and then we'll wrap it up. One question that came up previously was what about Adam, Tyson, and Ben in regards to the whole elder stuff? We gave you the elder bylaws a couple or about a month ago. Um, at that time, we hadn't decided yet what was going to happen with these three. Okay? What we've now decided is that Adam, Ben, and Tyson are what, according to the bylaws, we would call elder apprentices. Okay? If you've read through the bylaws, you know an elder apprentice remains an elder apprentice for an indefinite period of time. There's not a scheduled time where they become an elder candidate. An elder candidate is someone who is now on a clock for becoming an elder. It's someone who now has things that they need to fulfill by a certain time, and they become an elder. So Adam, Tyson, and Ben are not elders of Sovereign Hope. Uh, we're not calling them elders of Sovereign Hope. They are in a unique situation in, this, in the sense that... They are having to perform some elder duties and responsibilities because we don't have any other elders besides me right now. But they do not have final authority like an elder would. That's where we're relying on external elders, which currently is Rob from Snowbird. But I've also asked the other two elders at Snowbird that we support financially to serve as external elders as well. Hopefully we'll hear back from them this week. And they will be the ones that kind of have final say-so on stuff to a degree, um, but they're going to assist in some of the decision-making so that we're not moving these three along faster than we want to. The hope is that Ben, Tyson, and Adam will be ready to transition to elder candidate 
by the fall of this year. And Lord willing, we will ordain them in this church as elders in the spring, right before summer of 2013. So that's a year and a half away. It's a long time because the position of elder is a serious position. And we want to make sure that we communicate to you that it's serious and that we're not just playing church here and just saying, all right, who wants to be an elder? Sign up so we can make you an elder. This is a serious thing, and we want to do what Paul said. We want to appoint elders in every city, and we want to do it in a responsible way. So that kind of lets you know what they're doing right now. Um, Real quick, we've asked some people to serve in some different capacities, and I want you to know so you know who to go to if you have a question about something. Ben is kind of the financial liaison for our church right now. He stays in communication with Julie Smith, who's the financial secretary at Mount Gilead. She also does it for Ecclesia, and she does it for us. So if you have a financial budget question, then Ben's your guy to see. Okay? Um, Events is Adam McLeod. Any type of event that we're doing at Sovereign Hope, or if you have an idea for an event, or an event you want to do, you can talk to him about making sure that doesn't conflict with other events. Okay? Adam's responsible for events. Jessica's responsible for the library. Okay? We've got new books posted. We've got a lot of books posted now on the city library group. Um, I would encourage you to check those out. She's responsible for the library. Jen, my sister, is responsible for the nursery. Lauren's responsible for the teaching time. So even though it's Ben, Tyson, Adam, Jake, and Luke that are teaching, Lauren is actually going to administrate that. She's going to be meeting with them, giving them things to think about and kind of structuring that time and making sure that it's done um, Properly, Because it's more than just teaching a lesson. It's being responsible for kids. And so that's where we're going to rely on Lauren's giftedness in that area. Um, and we've most recently asked Melissa to serve um, over uh, baby showers, wedding showers, and meals for people who uh, are sick or have a loss in the family or have a baby that's born, Melissa will coordinate all the meals and showers from here on out. Okay, so if you know someone that has a need for um, not taking a shower, but having themselves showered with gifts, or you know someone who's in need of meals, then Melissa's the person to see about that. She's going to coordinate that. We've also, in your bylaws, you know that it talks about, well, maybe you don't know. I don't know if it's in there. It's in there now. I don't know if it was in there before. What we call the B-team. It's the benevolent team. It's the group of people that are going to assist the elders in making financial decisions when someone needs financial help. The B team currently is Chris Henson, uh, Luke Robinson, Will Schoenfeld, and uh, Cortland Moore. Okay, we've asked people who we've identified who we feel are gifted in this area, um, and we've asked them to serve in this capacity. Um, And again, we don't give them responsibility or authority. We give them responsibility. We don't give them authority to make decisions. They assist us and help us in making decisions. Okay, so those four serve on the benevolent team right now. And we'll continue to add more specific ministry opportunities as we stay organized. We don't want to do a whole bunch of stuff half-heartedly. We want to do everything we do um, in, in an excellent way. So those guys are who are serving right now. A couple of changes to the finances that are in your budget. We have a new updated budget for this operating year, 2012. 
The only changes from the previous budget are we have decided to combine operations and children. Before, operations was a 15% line item. Children was a 5% line item. We've now combined that to be a 20% line item together because we aren't spending enough on children right now to warrant it being a separate line item. But, um, is there a problem? Should be in there. Oh, uh, well, it should be there, but it's not. Huh. Huh. All right, Dave Schoenfeld, you got the budget. Um, well, I'll send that out. Again, it's the, same, it's the exact same budget that you saw before, except children and operations are combined. The same amount of money is there for when we have children's needs, but it just keeps us from having to keep them separated. Okay? Um, quick update on the giving. Dave Schoenfeld had asked about this on um, the city. I'm just going to throw some numbers at you if you actually want them. I'll give them to you. Uh, based on what you guys gave from September-ish to December, uh, you gave $4,200 for missions. Half of that was used for our missionaries. You'll know from the budget the other half is used for local missions and for taking care of our members. We haven't touched any of that money. So you gave 4200 Half of that was used on our missionaries. The other half is sitting in a savings account right now to be used this year when members have needs or when we start doing mission projects in this area. Uh, we gave Chris Henson $1,200 over the past couple of months for his, and we gave Snowbird, uh, the three families at Snowbird, $800. Um, at the beginning, you'll remember we asked you guys to pledge how much money you would give individually. You guys pledged, based on what you pledged, you pledged to give um, $36,126. Okay? Based on just the months that you gave, if you were to do that over the course of a year, we would give $36,089. So we're like just a few dollars off from what you pledged to what actually came in. So... If you were to see that in a bulletin, the budgeted amount and the giving amount would almost be identical. And that's pretty unheard of in churches today. Now, what we didn't factor in is people who gave to this church who didn't pledge. And that money is there. So, there were people who gave money that didn't pledge to give. Which means not everybody gave what they pledged. And, and that's okay because it's not a... Um, a set thing that you have to do. But what we are going to ask you to do is to look over your finances and where you're at financially for this year, and we're going to ask you to re-pledge next week what you foresee yourselves giving to Sovereign Hope moving forward so that we can continue to make plans. If there's more that you can give than what you originally pledged, then we want you to pledge more. If there's less based on changes in your life, then we want you to update us on that. Okay, so we'll do that next week. But like I said, it's really cool to see that giving and pledges were almost identical, and um, that's usually pretty unheard of. All right. Um, last thing, and then we'll take a break. The, the membership process. 
First step is for you to read through this stuff and know what we're doing. Okay, when you join Sovereign Hope, we want you to know what Sovereign Hope is about and how we're functioning here. We want questions to be answered. We want you to know, in a sense, what you're getting into and what you're committing to put into it. We're going to have you fill out a member profile, which there's, you know, we've got some in the back as a sample. We'll have enough copies for everybody when we get to the point where we've nailed down our bylaws. So the first step, you read the bylaws. Any feedback, we make any changes, all right, bylaws are done. When we get to that point, those that want to be members will fill out the member profile. We'll then have uh, me, Tyson, Adam, or Ben sit down with you in groups or individually to talk about your salvation and baptism so that we, you know, not to, for us to determine if you are saved or are not saved, but part of joining a church is that you have to be a believer. And so we want to work through um, with different people about the gospel and their baptism. Um, we'll then affirm the covenant together on a Sunday morning, and membership will happen for you guys. It'll be a little bit more involved for new people. We're going to take them through the what is a healthy church member book and that type of thing, but you guys were here for all that. We did that all as a group together. So the process for membership is a lot faster for you guys who have been with us since day one. Um, and the unique thing that we're going to do for membership this year is it's going to be something that's renewed every year. Renewed every year. One that keeps us from having a huge list of members of Sovereign Hope that never stop being members, that they don't go here anymore. And we've got a massive list. Um, it allows us to sit down with people every year and, and just do like a, hey, how's everything going? You, are you pleased here? Are there any concerns that you have? And so it's a, a, a thing that we're going to renew every year um, to keep... Um, to keep everything updated and not have like a silly list of members that don't go here. Because membership is so important for elder leadership, we need to know who we're responsible for and who's still here. And so um, that's a little bit different, and that's explained in the bylaws as well. Any questions on that? Um, I want you to, as, as soon as you can, to read through as much of it as you can. I know it's lengthy. We tried to keep it as short as possible. Some of it you've already read, like the member covenant. Um, No, but we won't actually make kids members until they make a profession of faith. So, like, but again, like, because their their parents are members, they're going to enjoy all the members of benefit, all the benefits of membership, anyways. But no, they won't have to fill out a a profile like that. Any other questions about any of this stuff? Well, I encourage you to read through these um, documents and to relay questions, comments, feedback. If something confuses you, let us know because we want it to be clear to new people that come into this church to know what we're talking about. And we want you guys, and I think Tyson made a comment about this when he did his update for the city this week. We want you guys to know what we're doing so that when people ask you questions, you can answer those questions. Um, so we want you to be informed about Sovereign Hope so you can share it with others. All right? Uh, we'll take five-minute break. We're over time. Um, take a five-minute break to get kids into the nursery, uh, to get kids in here with their parents, and we'll start back up in about five minutes. I'll that button on the